What's up, guys? How's it going? I'm Mark Hendrickson, and this is the Risen Fallen Podcast. And uh, if you're brand new to this podcast, then thank you so much for stumbling upon it. I'm very thankful for you. If you're a returning listener, thank you very much for coming back and supporting. I appreciate that as well. I appreciate you. Regardless of if you've listened to this podcast before or not, you are the reason that I do what I do. Uh, This podcast is made so that no matter what you're going through, you understand that you're not alone and life can and will get better for you. And what you can expect to hear if you're brand new to this podcast is open and authentic conversations about things like mental health and self-development and how we can push through tough times and get to a place where we're happy and feeling a lot better about our lives and the person that you are, the people that we are, or whatever. Um, yeah, so welcome to the show. I hope you're all doing well. I'm doing pretty well. Last night, I was able to see my favorite singer ever, uh, Sir Elton John. He's my uh, absolute favorite. For multiple reasons, obviously, uh, he makes amazing music, he's an amazing performer, he's great, even at 75, he's fucking belting out fucking great lyrics, he's also, I got a good connection with him, Um, he doesn't know about it, but I connect a lot with him, and his story is music, because he's struggled a lot with addiction, and suicidal thoughts, and depression, he's talked about that, that's been in the public sphere as well, and so, when I was going through a tough time, um, you know, a really tough time with my mental health. I found Elton John. I found a bunch of his interviews. I found a bunch of things like that. And I found, um, well, like the same thing that I'm trying to provide with this podcast. I found, you know, that I I wasn't alone with the struggles I was dealing with, the thoughts that I had, the, um, you know, those types of problems and issues. I was like, oh, fuck, there's other people that felt like this as well. And so that was the connection I had with him. I've always been emotionally connected to his music and his story. So, uh, I'm really thankful that I got to go and see that. So shout outs to my girlfriend for getting me those tickets for my birthday. Uh, it was fucking worth the wait. It was fucking awesome. It was like literally the best concert I've ever been to. It was also my first concert sober. Uh, I've never been to a concert sober before in my life. Um, except maybe when I went to like my first concert ever. I was like 13, I think. And I think I was sober for that one. So this was my... Uh, yeah, it was a big deal for me. I really fucking appreciated it. And so when um, when we went and checked in, because we stayed in a hotel last night, we didn't want to drive back. If anyone's like uh, lives in a big city or if you live in Vancouver, you know that like coming out of downtown Vancouver after seeing a concert or any big event like a, a hockey game or a, anything like that can be hell. I posted a picture on my Instagram story of just like how gridlocked fucking traffic was. It was like fucking stagnant for like an hour. And uh, so I'm thankful we got to stay in a hotel last night. But uh, when we checked into the hotel um, before the concert, it was um, kind of weird. I, I get uh, really anxious about the most random shit ever. And so what happened was, you know, she was a little bit anxious because of the time. We were on like a tight schedule, obviously. We had to like check in. She had to get ready and do girl shit and like uh, makeup and everything like that, which takes a long time. And Uh, She's actually pretty quick at it, but she was just kind of nervous about time and just because a few things that we had planned didn't go according to plan. Um, I was like completely fine until we had checked into the hotel and there was a few things that didn't go according to my plan, which then started making me anxious. You know, little weird things like um, 
you know, I brought some food with me because I meal prep all my food right now. I'm on 75 hard, so I've got a pretty strict meal plan. I wasn't able to bring my microwave, so I was eating cold fucking meals, which kind of got me in a shitty mood because I'm a little bitch sometimes that way. But um, we got the truck valet parked, so uh, my keys were with valet, obviously, and it just kind of makes me feel weird when... You know, I don't have access to all the things that I feel like are my property that I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, when you leave your house, you got like your phone, wallet, keys, you feel comfortable. Most fucking people kind of probably will relate to that. It felt weird for me to not have my keys, couldn't warm up my meal. Like just when I don't have my own personal belongings, like um, and even sometimes like having the keys to my vehicle kind of makes me feel safe because like I know like okay no matter what happens I have a way out I, I can go and go to a safe fucking place you know quote unquote safe place if I need to so it just kind of made me feel weird not having access to my vehicle and I start to get a little bit anxious and so she's a bit anxious I'm a bit anxious and I start to vocalize hey I'm feeling a bit anxious and she's like hey like, do you want to talk about it? Because then, you know, she's kind of an empath and like my anxiety started making her anxious again. And I was like, no, I don't really want to talk about it. Like, I'm fine. I'll be able to power through this. Like, I'm just going to eat my meal cold. I'm going to read for a bit. I had to, I laid down and took a nap for a bit, etc. Like, like, I've got my own little things that kind of get me out of my funk, right? But uh, obviously, like, everyone goes through it differently, and everyone overcomes their anxiety differently. So she likes to talk about her anxiety when she's feeling anxious. makes her feel better. So she asks me, do you want to talk about your anxiety? I say, no, I'm not really, like, I don't really need to talk about it. And then I started to speak, you know, I started to talk. It was one of those things where I was, like, my subconscious kind of took over, and I said, you know, like, I'm actually okay right now. Like, I do feel a bit anxious but I'm used to functioning with my anxiety at this level. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you know, I'm like this level of anxiety that I feel right now. Like I feel this often and I'm used to kind of functioning with this. Like it was, uh, I was definitely anxious, but it was like a comfortable level of anxious. And we kind of talked about that because I was thinking, you know, and these are thoughts that I haven't really had before. And You know, and if you know anything about this podcast, you know that sometimes I just kind of dump all my thoughts out and that this is what helps me understand them. But essentially, I was basically thinking, you know, when you grow up with anxiety, you kind of become accustomed to living and operating with a certain level of anxiety all the time. Like I can tell diff different stories. <clears throat> Like, I remember, like, one of my a job interview, like, I used to deal, I still do deal with, like, social anxiety all the time, which is kind of funny because if you know who I am and you see me interact with people, it doesn't really seem like it because I am so outgoing and I'll just say things that I don't really, you know, it seems like I don't really care what people think. But that is one of the ways that I mask my anxiety is I become, like, kind of, uh, I overcompensate with, like, oh, I don't want these people to even think that I'm anxious right now. And so I start to become even more social when I become anxious. It's kind of a weird paradigm. But anyways, that's what happens. 
And so I remember one of the first times I went for like a job interview, I was like super anxious because I basically quit my day job, you know, with like a day's notice. I was like, hey, I'm going to quit my job. And uh, I was like, I need to get a new job. So I was applying for a job in a gym at like literally the most entry level you could possibly be. And I had some bodybuilding experience. I had a little bit of like experience working in the service industry and restaurants and stuff. And I was just super nervous because I was like, I've never worked in a gym. I really want to work in a gym. I just quit my job today with one day's notice. So like, uh, I really want this job. And so I went into my job interview wearing a three-piece suit. I really wanted to fucking, you know, get this job. And then as I'm driving this job, I'm like, man, I'm wearing a fucking three-piece suit for a job interview at a gym. And then that started making me anxious because I'm like, do I look stupid? Like, it's like kind of like that Step Brothers like, scene where they're wearing like fucking tuxedos to be janitors kind of thing. I was like, fuck, I overdressed. And so then I was even more anxious. And, you know, I go into this job interview and I basically say to them, look, like, I really want this fucking job. I will fucking do whatever position you need and I'll just literally do whatever you ask as long as I can work in this fucking gym. And it ended up working out for me. Uh, I got put in a sales position and uh, yeah, I basically just had to fake it till I made it. Like it was like, I remember the first fucking, um, the first like month that I worked there one of my jobs was basically they gave me like a large stack of fucking papers and it was all the people that had just canceled their memberships and they told me like, um, you need to sell these people new memberships basically. Like call them and figure out why they quit the gym, figure out like why they canceled their memberships and sell them a new membership. Like that was literally what I had to do for the first month. And so I'm extremely fucking anxious going into the interview. I'm extremely fucking anxious um, like literally my first month and I ended up having like a huge fucking anxiety attack where I end up in the fetal position under my desk in the gym crying like probably a month in and I don't know why I told you guys that story just now but that was just like it, it was kind of something that I thought of when I was thinking about you know past anxiety experiences and just being able to push through or function while I'm fucking super anxious because I don't think anyone really understood how anxious I was the entire time but I still showed up every single day I still did everything that was expected of me and I did to the best of my ability and I think that you know when we're anxious when we feel anxiety we're kind of left with two choices you know um I, and I spoke about being hypervigilant and growing up with chaos around us and how we kind of become hypervigilant to the, the things that could go wrong or the things that have hurt us in the past. And basically when we have anxiety, when we feel anxious about things, we're left with two choices. We're either like kind of, uh, you know, you hear about fight, flight, or freeze, but we're, we're left with like a couple of different choices. Basically, it is to run away from the things that make us anxious or to go towards them and think, you know, how can I overcome this? Why is this making me anxious? Why did this make me anxious in the past? What can I do differently in the future? Or, you know, just to continue pushing through these things. 
And I know that a lot of us, like the default option is to, you know, basically run away from the things that make us feel anxious, um, to be able to just escape those things. And I think that the more we try and do these things, um, the more things will make us more anxious, if that makes sense. Not only will more things make us anxious more often, but we'll actually get more anxious when we encounter those things. And I think that's true because, you know, when you grow up, like I was kind of like weirdly, I think of it this way, like I was weirdly blessed to get anxiety at a very young age because I felt like that was a normal thing to feel. And because I felt that way, a lot of the times I just kept doing what I thought was expected of me while I felt anxious, which obviously led to my own fucking emotional trauma. But it also led me to be able to push through anxiety and not let it control my behaviors. It's a very big key thing to remember is we don't control our emotions. We don't control the way that we feel all the time. Like you can't just fucking choose to not be anxious. But we can choose the behaviors that we have. We can choose the way we react to these things. We can choose the way we treat people. We can choose the way we speak to people. And we can choose the things that we do, you know. So I always, throughout my childhood and my young teenage years, I always just tried to literally, um, you know, stuff my emotions in my back pocket. And uh, I didn't want anyone to see that I was anxious. So I would just kind of, like I said, fake it until I made it through. And I was listening to uh, Andy Frasilla's podcast, Real AF. He just had Dr. Lane Norton on, and they were speaking about anxiety for a little bit of time. And he was talking about just exactly this topic. So it kind of blends in perfectly. So I recommend you go and listen to that podcast episode as well. I linked that in my Instagram story a little bit ago as well. But uh, I highly recommend you go and listen to that after you listen to the rest of this podcast. But um, he talks about literally what what I was just saying. That was where I got that idea. The way that, you know, like we become hypervigilant to these things. And we try and avoid all the things that make us anxious which we can't, we literally can't, you can't control the world around you, you know, you're going to encounter the things that make you anxious. And so if we try and avoid the things that make us anxious, all the things that make us anxious, you know, we're going to, you know, a we're going to feel like the whole world is trying to make us anxious. Like, it's like, Oh, I can't escape these things that make me anxious. It's like, that's because you're looking for the things that make you anxious, right? But Lane Norton was actually talking about you know, he was getting talking about um, getting butterflies before like a powerlifting meet, or he was talking about even like fighters that he was watching who, you know, you see people that like kind of like get nervous or they throw up before they have to fight. They get these butterflies in their stomach and I fucking get those butterflies literally all the time. It never goes away. Like I fucking get that with every single episode that I record, every single episode that I listen back to. Every single episode that I upload, every time I upload a fucking clip on Instagram, uh, it happens to me all the time when I work in construction, when I have to work from heights. It happens to me all the time when I have to have tough conversations with my loved ones. It happens to me all the fucking time. Like I get these anxious feelings of like these butterflies in my stomach. And um, Lane Norton's talking about it in the case of like a couple of different fighters and the way that they expect experience it and they feel it. And he says that uh, one time he was watching The Ultimate Fighter and a coach says to this fighter, he says, you know, that feeling that you're feeling when you have those butterflies in your stomach, that's the feeling you get. That's the feeling of being alive, right? 
And I think that that's so true. I think there's so much truth behind that because the feeling that we get when we have butterflies in our stomach, the only reason that we ever get that feeling, that those butterflies in our stomach, is when we're about to do something that means a lot to us. And so it's almost a blessing because it's a way, like an indicator of life telling you, like, this is something that you're passionate about. This is something that's important to you. This is something that means something to you. It has significance. And it's a very good indicator for you to either dive deep into why you feel that way. Actually, that's exactly what it is. It's a fucking indicator to dive deep into that because those are the things that make you feel alive. Anything that can make you extremely anxious can also make you extremely happy on some side of the spectrum. And so like I, I think about this all the time when I think about what I had a manager one time at work and he was explaining anxiety to me and he was basically saying like, you know, that feeling that you get when you're super anxious for something, like whether it's like a sales presentation or a bodybuilding show or, you know, a sparring round in jujitsu or whatever it could be, that feeling that you get when you're anxious, the feeling that you get like that, that pit in your stomach, you know, you can't sleep, you can't eat well. You have no, um, you know, you have butterflies in your stomach. You get like kind of a faster heartbeat. You get kind of sweaty. You get like whatever it could be. That physiological feeling of being nervous or anxious. And then he said, what about the feeling you get when you're a little kid, maybe six years old, and it's the night before Christmas? You know, you get that feeling in your stomach like oh i fucking i can't wait for fucking things to happen tomorrow your heart rate's increased you can't sleep you don't want to eat anything other than fucking sweets or whatever like it's almost the exact same physiological feeling excitement and anxiety are the same fucking things and it's just the way that we like kind of attach other emotions to those things like what if it goes wrong what if this fucking happens what if that fucking happens like negative connotations to that exact physiological feeling. Whereas like when we're excited for something, it's, I wonder what could happen. I wonder what could happen. I wonder how fucking awesome it's going to be. How fucking amazing this could end up being. And it's that positive anticipation that we attach to that feeling, even though physiologically it's the exact same experience. Um, Even just thinking about the things that we're passionate about and how these things are indicators for them. I remember when I was a little kid, um, I've got like a really weird family in that we have like big generational gaps. And so I'll give you an example. Like my grandfather, he was born in 1913. My dad was born in 1958. And then I was born in 95. So there's always like a good 40 fucking years between us. So by the time I'm like 10 years old, my grandpa's in his 90s. And I remember talking to my grandpa one time and my dad still fucking tells me this story all the time where my grandpa would say like he, you know, he wakes up in pain every single day. And I was like, fuck, that must suck, man. And he says, you know, when I wake up with pain, it reminds me that I wake up alive. And it reminds me that I've experienced different things. Like he, he went into it all the time. And it was like, these things can be terrible fucking things. Like when you think about pain, it can be a reminder of, you know, um, oh, this is something that I went through. But you, when you experience pain as well, it could also be a reminder of, I'm still alive. I'm still here to fight this fight. I'm still here to fucking continue on. I still have the opportunity to love my loved ones. I still have the opportunity... Yeah, I've felt pain. 
yeah, I might be in pain right now. I might be hurt, but I have the opportunity to move forward. I have the opportunity to love my loved ones and have another fucking blessed day on this fucking earth. That's just a fucking absolute miracle. And so we all fucking feel these random emotions all the fucking time. We don't get to control, you know, a lot of the experiences that we have in our childhood and our, you know, um, our adolescence. We don't get to control a lot of these things, you know. We don't get to control our emotions at the end of the day. But you do get to dictate your own behaviors. And your emotions don't dictate your behaviors. You do. And so following your emotions is typically going to lead you to, you know, negative places anyways. Or and so you have to other, think about what can I actually do you know, to negative make manifestation of anger to do to put myself in a better position. Um, you know? That's never going to get me in a good position. And this goes and, into you know, fucking literally anything. I think that a lot of us, like, we if have I'm to angry with my girlfriend, think about the way that following our, my emotions you know, and expressing our behaviors my anger lead us, or yelling, our, the way that we lead our behavior. I mean, because I think that there's so many times where there's, you know, we act out in ways that we don't want to act, and we think, "Oh, I'm sorry, man. Like I was just angry," or "Oh, I'm sorry, man. I was just being anxious." Oh, sorry, I was super depressed that day. Oh, I was upset about this, that, or the other. And it's like, man, every single fucking human is faced with all the exact same emotions all the fucking time. And, you know, it's completely normal to feel those ways. But there is still people that can control their emotions during these difficult fucking times. And I think we all have the potential to do that. There just has to be a cognitive separation between, you know, your feelings and your behaviors. I remember, you know, I go to uh, meetings every single week as well where we talk about, you know, drug addiction and kind of recovery and those types of things as well. And there's one thing that one of uh, one of the guys said last week that really resonated with me where he said, you know, I know that my feelings will not kill me, but my behaviors can't. And obviously he's talking about relapsing and some pretty terrible things that, that have gone through his life. But it fucking hit me like a brick right then and there when he said that. I was like, wow, that's fucking so true because our feelings never fucking can hurt us. You know, they might hurt to experience, but the feelings themselves cannot kill us. The only thing that can is our own fucking behaviors, our own fucking actions, the habits that we instill. And so I'm going to leave you guys on that note. Um, it's just something to think about, right? It's something to think about because I think that a lot of the times we blame our behaviors on our anxiety, our emotions, you know, our, be our, our, our behaviors are dictated by those things. And I think that it's, um, it's going to make life a lot more miserable if we try and follow these emotions um, rather than actually trying to start to dictate our behaviors and our habits ourselves. So that's all I got. I hope you're doing well. If you're not doing well, fuck, reach out. Um, my um, my Instagram is at Risen Fallen. You can reach out to me there. We do have the mental health group as well. Go to the pumpkin patch. We go on hikes. We do go for coffee. We do fucking all types of different like in-person meetups just to try and create a little bit more community, a little bit more connection and connect people out there 
to other people that just want to make themselves better and, you know, help other people do the exact fucking same. And um, just understand as well, like, fuck, I'm not just sitting up here on a fucking high horse. Like, I understand, like, my emotions dictate my behaviors sometimes as well. And if they do, like, fuck, you're human. It is what it is. You know, we all make mistakes. We all make errors. You're fucking, you're fine. You're human. The idea that I'm trying to convey is that you fucking woke up today. You have a, you know, most likely you got a roof over your head. You got food in your fridge. You've got fucking, you've got the opportunity to become a better person today. And you got the opportunity to make someone else smile. You got the opportunity to do the right fucking thing. So make sure that you go out and fucking do that. And if you didn't today and it's the fucking evening time for you like it is for me right now, then make sure tomorrow is a fucking better day. All right. If you need to talk, like I said, reach out on Instagram. It's at risen fallen. Um, new hoodies are out. New tees are out. You can get those at risenfallen.com as well. But like I said, I hope you're doing well. I'm going to let you go because it's fucking uh, almost bedtime for me and I got a lot of shit to do. So I'm going to get to it. Hope you're doing well. I don't know how many fucking times I'm going to say that, but much love. Peace out, motherfuckers. I love you all.